Our next speaker is about to um, come and speak to us. That is Kobe Smith, and she's a science commuter. Com commuter? Yeah, why not? Um, also a science communicator, attempting to finish her PhD at ANU, but still clinging, clinging to the Melbourne life. And last week, someone described Kobe as superwoman, which made her question the celebration of heroes, thinking that she is far from one. We're yet to find out. Um, but she's lived on five continents, worked as a UN consultant inside CERN, and as an ABC journalist covering issues ranging from food in the APY lands to the mental health consequences from bushfires on the Eyre Peninsula. Please welcome Kobe Smith. Thanks, Sarah. I kind of am a science commuter in that my PhD is here at ANU. Thank you. So, to, firstly, I want to acknowledge tonight, actually, should I move this down a bit? That's better, I think. Firstly, I want to acknowledge that tonight's storytelling is happening on the land of the Wurundjeri people. And today is Mabo Day, which is an important part of National Reconciliation Week. It was only 23 years ago that the land rights of Australia's first peoples were recognised in Australian law. And I personally have learnt a lot about storytelling from Indigenous people, and I want to honour that tonight. Now, before I get into my story, I wanted to get to know my audience a little bit. So, can you guys give me a cheer if you've ever heard of Florence Nightingale, the nurse? Okay, that's good, that's good. It's a good baseline. Okay, great. Now, can you applaud for me again if you've heard of Florence Nightingale, the data activist? <laughs> okay, that, that's okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, a lot of people are familiar with the idea of Florence Nightingale as the lady with the lamp, this, this nurse, sometimes called the Iron Maiden, people who are not such a fan. She was a nurse at the end of the 18th century and she was an icon of Victorian culture. I mean, 18th century Victorian, not this state that we're in. And she helped make nursing a profession. She helped make women in the workplace a legitimate thing for Victorian ladies. Do we have any nurses in the crowd tonight? Any? Do we have any public health workers or researchers? Woo, okay, awesome. Thank you. Good. <laughs> um, Nightingale was also a data activist as well as a nurse. Um, she helped make the pie graph a popular form of data communication. Yes, I did say graph and I'm gonna keep saying graph because I grew up in South Australia, so deal with that, okay. So Nightingale used statistical data visualizations in reports to Parliament in which she had influence, which was pretty unusual for a woman in Victorian England. This was science communication in the late 18th century when germ theory was being developed, okay? So the, the talk before this one was a nice prelude to that idea. Give me a round of applause if you've heard of germ theory. Yes, germs. So Nightingale began at a time when people thought that miasma was the cause of disease, that is bad, noxious air. And, and the idea of, of bacteria that we've just been hearing about and viruses was just starting to be taken seriously. But regardless of that, Florence Nightingale was already advocating for improving sanitation and public health while this knowledge was happening alongside. And she was studying the health of the British Army in India. 
And she showed using data visualizations how poor sanitation, like for example, contaminated water, caused deaths, and how the health of the British Army was tied up with the health of local people in India. And here's where tonight's story for me gets messy. Because as I was researching this talk over the last week, I was really conscious that I was doing this during National Reconciliation Week. And I was reading about this thinking that, thinking about how Florence Nightingale was part of the British colonization of India, as well as the British colonization of Australia. And I was thinking about what Florence Nightingale might have, been, might have done differently if she were alive today with all of the knowledge that we have now. Now I want to check in with you guys again. Can you please give me a round of applause if you've heard of the expression, be the change? Yeah? <laughs> Ooh, that's a bit weird. Okay, I want to invite you now to say it with me, okay? You can say it like, I want to hear some like beefy voices, all right, if you have heard of it, or if you just think it sounds like reasonable, all right? I'm going to count to three and then say it with me, all right? Help me out here, guys, okay? One, two, three. Be the change. Yeah. All right, now I want to check in with you guys again. Please give me a round of applause if you've ever heard the expression, talk about the change. Yeah, yeah, see? That's my point, because the point isn't to talk about the change, right? It's to be the change. So I was thinking rather than talk about what was happening a century ago, maybe I should actually talk about what's happening now, because right now in Australia, we're in a process of change. We're talking about changing the constitution. We're talking about climate change. The theme of Reconciliation Week this year has been change it up. So over the last couple of days, I've been asking people who their heroes in Australian public health have been. Because there's some shocking data about public health in Australia associated with our past treatment of Indigenous people. First Australians' life expectancy is less than other Australians. First Australians are more likely to have mental health problems. And that could be linked to the statistic that Indigenous youth are 24 times more likely to end up in detention, according to an Amnesty International report released this week. Now, so 100 years ago, Florence Nightingale knew that the health of the British Army was connected to the health of the local population. This was a century ago. She wasn't the only person who knew that. that that's traditional knowledge. The importance of community connections doesn't need fancy data visualizations for us to understand that all Australians' health is tied up in the health of first Australians. Public health is a shared responsibility. That's why Reconciliation Week is important. And I've found myself listening to Indigenous people helps me to understand my, how my health is connected to country and community. So I was, I was trying to find a new hero to talk about tonight. And last night I was up late battling against bots on Wikipedia to add an entry about Naomi Mayers, who's the CEO of the Aboriginal Medical Service in Redfern and was the lead singer of the Sapphires. And I also added an entry about Puggy Hunter, who advocated for federal policy change about Aboriginal health and was chairperson of the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation. But as I was thinking it through, what I realised is I didn't actually want to single out a hero for public health, because we don't actually need individual heroes, we need everybody to care. There are thousands of doctors and nurses working hands-on across Australia caring, as well as thousands of people looking at data and, and thinking about how we can heal collectively through evidence-based action. 
And some of those people want to be anonymous. And I want to thank people who choose to be anonymous too. I also want to thank an Indigenous Australian friend of mine who's been checking in with me this fortnight as I've dealt with PhD dramas and asking if I was okay. Because she cared, and I want to honour her tonight. But I don't want to name her. She represents all of the people who care and that I want to express appreciation for. Thank you. <laughs>